Yup, yup, we back Another episode, episode 10 It's your boy DJ Infamous, a.k.a. Mr. Talk To Me, a.k.a. Mr. Smoke With Me, a.k.a. Wavy Crockett Giving ourselves hand claps now, huh? That's how we starting it off Man, it was it was it was it was it was the hairline, man. It made me push that button and say that, man. I couldn't help it, dog. Wavy Crockett, okay, wavy I like that Crockett. One. I mean, you I know, like last that. episode, you know, had to really show my um my growth, but you know, this episode, I was like, you know what, skirt, throw the bucket on. You know, I'm a bucket hat yeah, guy. Yeah. Famous for buckets. <laughs> I love buckets, man. You know why I love buckets? I'll tell you. I'll tell you that another time. <laughs> Smoke with me, you know what I'm saying? I'm here with my partner, man. What's good, G? You know, chilling, man. Happy we back at it, man. Episode ten, yeah. Uh, ready to hit these people with this with this new uh with this new work, man. Facts. I mean, it's so many um, you know, so many top topics to talk about. So many different, you know. We could, that's one thing I love about our show is that we always got different guests. You know what I'm saying? We always got a different kind of guest that's connect that's connected to you know the cannabis industry and um, you know the business and you know, distribution, ownership, music industry, exactly, right. all walks of life, all walks of life, tech man. industry, all walks Believe of life. Believe that, and I feel like it's so important that you know we have this platform to you know to shed light on a lot of stuff. You feel me? Yeah, I mean that's what we're here for. I, you know, I think that um, you, you know, we have a, a a chance to be able to pick the people who we want to be on here and kind of educate the people on 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 different topics in cannabis and and kind of just the law and what's going on right now. Um, Cause that's key, you know. That that brings me to our guest today. Um, I'm I'm blessed to have his brother on the show. Um, he's got a, a hell of a story that you'll hear. Uh, but the, the most important thing I want everybody to get from this is that you know it's not about the negative things that he's had to go through. It's about how he's turned them into a positive. Facts. That's the most important thing, and I want everybody to get out of this. Read that. No, he's um, he's from Stockton, California, not too far outside the Bay, about 30, 40 minutes outside of Oakland. Um, he's uh, was a former athlete. I'm gonna let let him tell his own story though, but I'm I'm, I'm glad to have him on the show. My brother, man, Dante Westmoreland. Pleasure to have you on the show. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate you coming, man. And it feel good to be in Atlanta. Uh, a sign you like family, man. Getting with you and, and you from the Bay, hearing your story. But yeah, it just feel good to be free. I've been I've been free about a year, and for people that don't know what I've been through, man, I went to prison for one pound of weed in the state of Kansas. Hold on, you, know? hold, hold, you say hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, man, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, let's let's slow it down. Hold on, let's slow it down. Hold on, let's slow it down. Slow that down. Let's, okay, let's so slow it down for the people. So one of the main topics that we talk about on the show, and that I like to talk about on the show, is social equity and cannabis and, and things like that. And, you know, uh, this brother's story is going to really touch on a lot of the important things that we are combating now um, and had to go through from the war on, on, on drugs and how our community has been affected. So I kind of want you to slow down. I don't want you to go into it too fast and kind of give them the background of, you know, you know, just of, of you. And, and, and don't don't go to it too fast. Give yeah, it like break slow. that. OK, you start from the beginning. Like break that down. So you got arrested. For. What again? Yeah. So <clears throat> back up just a little bit. You know, I'm from Stockton, California, uh, about forty minutes from o about forty minutes from Oakland. Right. You know, grew up raised by my grandmother, fantastic woman. Uh, never knew my pops. You know, not really. Don't really know my mom. You know, in Stockton, you know, she's out there on drugs. Um, but it's good. Uh, you know, she had left me two young boys. You know. At the time, before I got arrested, you know, uh -huh. I was only like eight, nine years old. So I was raising them. I was like 16. Right, so you was left to raise them. and hustling, you know. Right. And she on welfare and Social Security, so it kind of put your back on the, against the wall, you know. But growing up there, this made you learn, like, the discipline and, and, and the things you need to do to take care of someone so young, even though, you know, the people that was closer to you wasn't even there for you, you know. Mm -hmm. So you were an athlete, you were a football player, or what, was you, were you in the sports? Yeah, so <clears throat> I didn't have no scholarship or nothing, but I was out there trying to seek, you know, how do I can go to junior college? Right. And I was trying to go to a school in Kansas called Coffeeville. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, my friend Deshaun Birkins, was, which was also my co-defendant, and shout out to him, uh, 
he had a scholarship at a, at a university of Tabor to play tight end. Right. You know, and he was a he was a fantastic athlete. And it was Tabor, if people don't know, it's in Kansas, about about thirty minutes from Manhattan, Kansas. You know, they definitely so. don't know. You'll have to let them know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is, man. People don't even know where Kansas is. <laughs> Kansas, what? <Yeah. Kansas>, uh, <laughs> the cow, uh, the farmland. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Perk, man, fantastic dude. He had a scholarship out there, and you know, we really was just on a road trip. You right. Know, what the crazy part was, we was really just, you know, he had the football scholarship. I was trying to seek opportunities out there. Uh, he had a visit coming up. Mm-hmm. His girl had rented a vehicle, and I was like, "Man, let me tag along with you." And I had my Mexican homeboys, man. They 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 was going to Missouri anyway, so we was tagging along. We was in the same direction, but different destinations, right. you know. So we was just like, "Man, let's take a road trip." I mean, my grandma was six. She was like, "Man, it's more than life," you know. I was her caregiver at the time, and uh, you know, she was like, "Man, it's more than just a life just to take care of me." How you gonna really, you know, take a leap of faith if you just, you know? Playing house all the time right. So What I did was You know We got on a road trip man. We, we we get down to Kansas Man And everybody know man A lot of people in the Midwest You got Denver, Colorado Right next to Kansas Facts Right One of the first legal states ever Right was, was so crazy And Soon as you pull through Out of Denver You know Kansas got these troopers Man on I-70 And they follow you like waiting, waiting, lurking. You know what I mean? These people followed us for like 45 minutes to an hour without even pulling us over. Like they literally was just playing mind games with us to see if we would run. Right. But we never had no reason to. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's just so crazy, man, how the troopers really, really die you in like that. As soon as you cross that line. I mean, you got to think about it. It's, if you're coming from Denver and going into Kansas, you know, the, the state troopers automatically going to assume you're bringing weed from Denver or from another or from state, another state right. to go sell in Kansas because, you know, like you said, it's in the middle of nowhere. So they're definitely going to profile you. You know what I mean? You're going to be racially profiled for sure. And, and that's how it gets you. Like, so nothing to say the less. I mean, our rental car had Nevada plates. Uh, my other co-defendants, my Mexican homies named Victor Laura, he get out at the end of the month. So shout out to him. Mm-hmm. How, much time, how much time did he do? He did uh, five flat, you know, um, on the six, you know. So, yeah, got in a little trouble, so it took him a little longer to get out. Um, But, yeah, uh, it's just it's so crazy because the laws and how they how they get you is like they see California place. They see Nevada place. Mm -hmm. They see black people driving. None of the troopers look like you, especially in a town particular like that. So they get with you and. It kind of like zero in on you. So to speed it up a little bit, we traveling. Um, and my boys get scared. Remember, I tell you, like, they was following us for an hour. They get off. They get off on the freeway. When they get off on the freeway, we driving like 10 minutes. And we both had the same address and a destination. We get pulled over for having dirt on our license plate. What? <laughs> right? Really? Hold on, hold on. Literally. Slow that oh, down. Said, Let's pause on that one. <laughs> yeah, slow that down. The probable cause in your case was, well, I, I take that back. The The reason they pulled you over was because you had dirt on your license plate. Man, I'm thinking dirty license plate, dirty tag. Right. They talking about actual, actual mud, dirt that dirt. kicked up from the tire. And it was so crazy when they pull us over all black Tahoe. The first question they asked was where the other car go. You know, and we like, man, what is y'all like? Uh, we don't know. Like, they 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 own people. You know, right. we don't know where they going. But we like, what's the traffic violation? You know, they gonna say, we pulling you over for having dirt. We pulling you over for having dirt on your license plate, and we want to search the vehicle. So off of that, off of that. So we like shit. Like we ain't got nothing. Um, you got the little you got the little blunt in the car, like. Nigga, just get out and just give it to him. Like, we ain't, right. hey, let's get to our destination. We tell the officer, like, man, we going to K-State. Bro, we going to visit my, my my good friend out there. He got the foot. He pulled up the visit on his phone, the email with the coach. Like, man, we going, we on our way to, 
I'm tagging along with him. Right. I'm gonna go try to talk to little K State coaches and and try to see what try to what, get what picked up at, picked up at a school out there. Yeah, what it is and what it's not. You right. know, so you know we trying to we trying to just listen, man. Because we, we you know when you look back and you look at media, man, you see all the people that just the traffic stops just happen unfortunately. For Facts. Me, you know what I mean? So we just sitting there. He get out. He pull us out. He separate us. He trying to get two different stories, but we got the same story because it's the truth, right? right? So he get a power drill. He in the trunk. He in the hood. He don't find nothing but a, a little, a minute amount of marijuana. He give us a ticket. It was like a literally a joint. Right. You know what I mean? And he tell us, it's the kicker though. He let us go and give us the ticket. But as soon as we get off the exit, and we go to the gas station to clean the license plate off, right? Mm -hmm. We glance up. I look up in the air, and there's three of them sitting on the corner of the freeway just watching us clean our license plate off. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's like a movie. Like, all four dirt on your license plate. So I'm thinking, like, man, this is just how the people are. This is Kansas. We from California. We diverse. Ain't, right. no, ain't that much diversity in Kansas. Right. We ain't thinking too much of it. So... And we head to our destination, right? We so, so, so hold on. You know yeah. what, what? What you know? I want them, to, the people listening, to understand is, you know, just by the way you guys were driving on the freeway, they were probably assuming that you were the trail car, and the other car has has some some something illegal in it. A hundred percent. So what they call that is a decoy low car. You know what I what I later learned. But when you when you, and I want the audience to know, like when you think of a decoy low car, and my my lawyer had a great argument. It's mm -hmm. like you think of Smokey and the Bandit. Right. You think like, oh, the police on us, take them on the high speed. We gonna go right. You yeah. think of that. Jump vibe. off the freeway. Jump <laughs> off the freeway. Bounce out. Yeah. We didn't do none of that. You know, and it's just so crazy how they painted. You know, they'll paint a cold picture, and the picture ain't even what it really was. You know. So uh, they're, they're watching you clean the dirt off your license plate at the gas station. Yeah. So they yeah. watch. They watching us clean the dirt. Uh, they watching us clean dirt off the license plate. We ain't think too much over. We head to our destination. I meet with one of my boys, uh, and. Uh, we walk upstairs. He's studying the stock. He he go to school for pharmaceutical. Study the stock market. One of white one of my white cool white guys, uh, great guy uh, at the time, right? But uh, he invited us upstairs. I'm like, my boy's ten minutes out, man. We just trying to use the shower real quick. We ain't trying to check into the hotel before we get to our final destination. Uh, he was like, man, my water off. Uh, ain't no water. Well, I said, shit. We just wait for my boys to get here. Uh, and it's cool if they chill We gonna rotate We gonna just get a little room Rotate the showers And then we gonna head You know They going to a different destination We gonna shoot up to Tabor University Right He said it's cool So we wave them in uh, We wave them in As soon as they come in we, we exit We ain't even We ain't even in the house One minute together You know We visit my friend that, that That's at K-State mm -hmm. So I walk downstairs With my partner And you just see like Old dudes with with plain clothes on. And I'm thinking like this is a college town, like these ain't no professors. Right. You know what I mean? It kinda it kinda blew my mind for a minute. So straight undercovers. Straight undercovers, man. You could just peep it. You know, you from the bay, you know, they try <laughs> Right. But you see it in sticking it's, out like a turd in the punch bowl. Yeah, it's so obvious. I mean Duke duck behind a bush looking like somebody uh from <laughs> this is crazy, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, we peep them out, we get scared. We we was like, man, let's just walk up to K State, man, where it's safe. Yeah. You know, let's just go up to the college. You know, it's open. Uh, we got business being there. Uh, let's just do it, you know. Uh, so we started walking. We took about 20 steps, man. Dude bounced up on us in a plain shirt, ran up on us with a badge like, y'all being detained. We believe y'all been trafficking drugs on I-70 since Denver. And I'm like, what are y'all talking about? Like, we just got pulled over. Right. Y'all just searched the car, gave us a ticket. We just cleaned yeah, the here, license plate here, off. Here, here's the ticket, officer. <laughs> yeah, here's the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need the keys to the Lexus. I ain't drive no Lexus. <laughs> you know, I ain't right. drive. No. Here, you can have the keys to the Toyota. Car I'm driving, yeah. Yeah, to the, to the rental. He searched the rental. He don't find nothing. They get mad. Well, we need to get an Alexa. I said, sir, what? Well, how am I going to get you in a car? That I don't even own or drive. It's not even your shit. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you see, you see, like we 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 dealing with the police and my Mexican homies. They get nervous. They they peeking through the window blinds. They're like, "Ooh, the police on them, right?" 
they jump off the second story balcony and then take off. They take them on one. They're out of there. They're out of there. <laughs> Look, <laughs> you're on and it's second story. They they jumped right down. They catch a cab. They end up in a whole nother city. So mm. we sitting here complying with the people. Do come back like, wait a minute, we're going to let y'all go. We can't get up in the car. And then they was like, but we want this one more agency to come. The one that kind of called us in on a tip. I'm like, why wow, we got to wait for them? We've been waiting for about 45 minutes. Right. So they come in. They come break the windows down. You know, they get up in there. They search it. And they find a bunch of weed in there. You know, like about four pounds or something like that. Right. Four, five pounds. You know, and, and some pills. You know what I mean? Some random stuff. So I'm like. I don't care. I ain't got nothing to do with that. Right, like, man, what that got to do with me? They was like, man, y'all going, you, you getting arrested for this. I'm like, how? Like, it's nothing in that car that linked me to that car. Look at my phone. Ain't no records. Nothing to prove me that I was coming to sell anything. Right. He said, just one second, right? So the detectives go up there, and the white dude is so scared. He tell on me. He say, he white, don't, the white dude who was at the park. The white dude that I went to go visit. Uh, yeah, and I don't want to say his name because, you know, yeah, you know. Right. but the dude I went up there and go visit, he was like, I was going to buy a pound off Dante. And I'm like, I'm like, y'all believe that? He right. said, that's all we need. They didn't guess about like the four pounds, five pounds. I was going to buy one peat off Dante, and I gave him the money already. I'm like, prove it. And it's like, you got to prove it in court and they arrest us. Wow. Damn. Crazy. So. Shit. Wow. And you know what's crazy? Like, in, in this industry, you lose your education. Like, I felt so bad for my partner that, like, he was out here trying to change his life from mm-hmm. Stockton, right? Right. You know, Stockton, like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a poverty place. It's, it's horrible, right? And he trying to come out here and change his life, man. His whole education got taken from him. That's the one that had the scholarship? That's the one that had a scholarship. Did two years at JUCO. And then getting ready to go play his, his third year at at, at, a, at, a, at a Division two school where he had a scholarship too. Right. You know what I mean? Getting ready to get an education and, and change change the uh, and beat the odds, you know? Um, so we end up in jail, right? Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the what, home... What was, what was the charges? Uh, conspiracy to distribute, distribute and possession with the intent to distribute. Of how many pounds? One pound. One pound. All of all of one person saying that. But this is how the law is set up in Kansas, right? One, oh, one pound, one pound and 66 pounds is all the same charge. There's no difference, right? So it all is a class That's two. That's the trafficking charge, one to 66? One to 66. The possession with intent is one to 66 pounds. So it don't matter if you got 50 pounds, 40 pounds. Or one pound. Or one it's pound. The it's the same, same energy. Shit. You know what I mean? Now, hold on, hold on. This is why we, 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 we have guests like this on the show. This is why we're trying to bring light to to subjects like this because these laws need to be changed. You know, um, we're gonna let we're gonna definitely let him finish the rest of the conversation. But this is why, you know, we try to educate our listeners on situations like this because there's no reason why um somebody who gets caught I mean, I don't even say you got caught, but the you know, you, you, you didn't get caught with anything. But anybody who's convicted of selling one pound of weed has to go to jail. That's that's just ridiculous. That's crazy. You know, um, if you were in California, you know, that would be personal. That would be, you know, even if you got convicted of it, you would be able to get a social equity license right now. So it's just ridiculous that in this day and age, what year was that? This is in 2017. 2017, you still have laws on the books like that in other mm-hmm. states. So not to cut you off, but um, before you get back to it, uh, one thing I want to say is, you know, Whenever you hit Vegas, the first thing you do. Don't even go to your fucking hotel. Uh-uh. Don't go to casino. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't even go to get nothing to eat yet. Get in that Uber. <laughs> get in that Uber and go straight to Harding, number one dispensary in Las Vegas, Nevada. Believe that. Shout out to everybody over there. And shout out to them bud tenders, too. I see you. Shout out Adam, shout out Zach, man. Yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. Hardeen, man. Great selection, great pricing. I got to bring you next next time we in Vegas, man. I, I got to I got to bring you through Hardeen, man. Yeah, oh, for sure. And know what's crazy, the man, the people I work for in Missouri, and you guys hear that at the end of the story, and them guys did numbers out there in Vegas. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And if people don't know, consumption the consumption Some lounges, lounges are on, the, yeah, way. They, they on Hard- the way. And Hardeen does have yeah. a consumption lounge. 
So we will be shooting some episodes mm-hmm. in the consumption lounge at Hardeen. Shout out Hardeen. Now back to the story. Yeah, all the way. So we in jail. Mm-hmm. Right? We in jail. Just me and my co-defendant, the one I roll with, right? Right. And uh So hold on, hold on, because I, I know everybody's, you know, they they wanna they on the edge of their seat. What happened to the Mexican dudes who jumped off the second floor? What happened right. to them? Like you in Omar jail. Omar you're in jail. <laughs> we were Omar and What happened to old boy and them? When hey. they, and they did the Superman hey. off the off the second hey. floor and into the into the taxi. Boy, they were Speedy Gonzalez out there, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them. Shit, they see they seen all them white cops. Boy, they just got up out of there. You feel me? Hey, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, we sitting in jail. We see the niggas on TV, like most wanted. You know what I mean? Right. Armed and dangerous. They go off the cannabis. I off said, oh. The Hell Mexican nah. dude, most no, wanted, most wanted got the dude Facebook porter with the Jamba Juice cut. Nigga like this. Uh, I said, oh, they got it. Three Percocets and four pounds. The niggas most wanted. That's Come crazy. on, niggas most wanted in a little town like that. Damn. So we we catch them. They end up turning themselves in, man. Um, they got them some food, turned themselves in. We hollered for a minute. Mm-hmm. We had a game plan. Um, and, you know, what unfortunate thing and I want people to know is like, my grandmother was very sick. She was 60 years old. You know what I mean? Got half, uh, 63 years old, man. Had heart problems. You know, she was stressed out and she ended up going to the hospital. You know, I had two younger brothers. You know, at the time they was eight and 10 years old. Um, just babies, you, you know. Um, so she ended up calling the ambulance and them boys went to school by themselves. You know, all off this cannabis charge. So a good thing the school was right next door. Right. God bless for that. And, and and they was already in the routine of getting up, you know, getting a shower, you know, putting their clothes on. I let them dress themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and they walked to the school with their friends. It was like a neighborhood thing. So right. for the two weeks I was in prison before I even had a bond hearing, man, they was doing that on their own. And, and shout out to the homegirls that was, that was looking out for me, but they was bringing them food, nice. you know, looking out, checking in, some of my homeboys. Like, uh, and it was crazy. And they had set my bond at something crazy, you know, mm-hmm. like $80,000, right? right? And $8,000 was a lot for me at the time, especially with losing everything. But I ended up scraping that money together. And shout out to the folks that did that for me. Uh, but I ended up scrape, scraping that money up together and I got out. Uh, but when I got out, I found out she was dead, you know. Yeah, uh, you know and, and, and my family ain't big, so I, I couldn't really, you know, no one ever really told me. Right. You know, I seen her at, I seen her at a home and, and, and she was gone, you know. So that shit just hit me different. It was like, man, what, how worse can this be? Right. You know, uh, so I end up choosing a foster care family for him. You know, my, my co-defendants are still in, still in jail. Uh, they was just trying to thug it out. They knew I had bigger bigger things to figure out because she was stressed out, man. As soon as I talked to her on the phone, it's like they put her in a heart attack. Like, you in right. Kansas, baby? She grew up in Texas, Galveston, Texas. So she's like, man, you in Kansas? Like, man, it's, it's, it's not, I brought you to California for a reason. Like, right. like she, boom, heart attack, you know, so. It, it, it's so sad, but it's the, it's the family that suffered through these offenses as well. So uh, when I get out, you know, I get out, I bury her, I pick the family up. Um, I'm getting ready for, you know, I'm getting ready for jury trial. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I told him, you know, my, at this time as I'm out, you know, my co-defense is taking plea deals. They scared. They're like, man, we finna just take what they give us. Like, I don't care. Like, they ain't finna hang me because they, you know, they threaten you. And, and people know in the criminal justice system, they're going to threaten you with a lot of time. They're yeah. going to try to hit you with the max, 13, 14, 15 years. Like, yeah. um, and we're going to run a consecutive. That pressure on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Then we're going to run a consecutive. So that means you're going to do both both the time. So you got two charges. You got four charges. They could run each charge 10, 10, 10, 10, you know, if they really wanted to. Sheesh. You know, um, and, it, and it's so crazy. But, you know, I get out, I fly back. I meet this attorney. I mean, uh, and I, and I bond. I met this attorney and gave him seventy five hundred just to rewind a little bit. Mm. But I end up flying back. I flew back to Kansas. Right, I meet with this attorney. This is the week of trial. I get off the plane. I I, I pull up to Burger King. This is where I met him, and we had a little meal. And he was like, "Man, Mr. West, you know I didn't read your case, man." And I sat back like, "Wow, like what you mean? I, I gave you seventy five hundred." Uh, you How said long it, had it been? It had been a, almost a year at that point. I was out eight hmm. months. You know, I was out like eight months. And he didn't even look at it. He said he told me like oh, life is hanging in the balance, and this man didn't even look open the, open the file. Man, he didn't even open the file, read a discovery, investigate a witness, none of that, right? And it is so sad because it's like when I asked him what happened, he's like, "Man, I had a stomach virus, you know, for the last month. My caseload was kind of high." 
but don't even worry about it. He whips out this motion. He was like, he was like, I'm gonna file this motion with the court, and this motion gonna give you some more weeks with your family. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not your fault. It's on me. I didn't read your case. Uh, so I said, okay, when we go in the hearing, he said, we'll uh-huh. go to the hearing tomorrow. I'm glad you out here. I made it for you. So when you got out here, so I pull up, I pull up to the judge uh, with him to the hearing, and he presented the, he presented the motion, presented the doctor's note, and the judge. I never seen hate so much hate in the dude's eyes. Right, he looked up and said, "You know, you had this case a whole year. We it's been on the docket for a while. I think it's best that you go to trial and we get it over with." And it's as if, like, he knew what my fate was. Right. Like, it was weird. Like, and at that point, I was kind of still lost, like, losing the closest person to me. Little brothers is, is you foster know, care. yeah, foster care. Right. Uh, is it sad, right? So, as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm talking to him and he denies the motion, you know, I end up going to jury trial the next day. Mm-hmm. You know, so... And it was it was really the next day, Thursday, Friday. I had the motion hearing on a Wednesday. You know, I remember so this lawyer ain't prepared. February and you're at jury trial the next day, February seventeenth, two thousand seventeen. So it, it's it's right on point, right? So i i end up going to, I end up going to this jury trial, and it's so crazy because it was just such. a He was like, "Man, it's best if you don't say nothing. You ain't we ain't even read the case. Like, just sit in the corner, put these glasses on." He had a little suit for me. Coincidentally, it was my size, right? right. Yeah, put these shoes on. I didn't even have no prescription eyeglasses. You tell me to put the glasses on, man. So I'm sitting there in the corner, right? Right. They picking the jury. The jury walk in. The jury look like me. You know, it's just old conservative people that live in that town for years that that knows the judge, knows the DA, knows the community. Kids go to school with kids, right? and we end up losing, you know, long story short. I mean, I mean, long trial short, you know, we end up losing on a two-day trial. They found me not guilty of the pills because I, I, as soon as recess hit, I said, man, listen, sir, if you don't beat nothing else, beat these pills. I didn't have nothing to do with no pills. Right. The whole trial, no one even mentioned a pill. Right. So go beat that, you know, and he get it thrown out, you know, and I get found guilty for the, for the weed, you know. And it was so crazy because the whole trial, they had to do it on, you know, they had the white dude on stand. Mm-hmm. And that was the only evidence they had. They didn't. They didn't. That's the only thing they could stand that, on. That's the only thing they stood on. They didn't talking about the dude from the part. The white so dude talking about the, the dude from the department in K State. He mm. didn't have no. That said he was gonna buy a pound from. That, that's exact. That's exactly. That's exactly what he said on. on so the so hold on. Let me slow down too. Just just so everybody out there listening, you know, because I you know what's important for you to know if you're out there, you you doing your thing, you know, you you rolling the dice, you know. You don't even have to get caught with anything. Facts. You can just catch a conspiracy charge. You don't have to be, have any drugs on you, no matter what it is you're selling. And as it, as has happened in his case, it's just the testimony of somebody saying something is what led to him getting a conspiracy. Yeah, so it's like constructive possession. You know, since he said he was going to buy a pound of weed and they found a pound of weed in the vehicle that I was traveling with, that's how they try to connect it to make it. Even though nothing in that Lexus connected to me, even even right. though my co-defendant said I had nothing to do with it, you know they still they still painted the picture to the jury, you know, and it's it's usually supposed to be beyond a reasonable doubt, but in this case it wasn't really, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I get I get I get hit, you know, I I get found guilty of the pound of weed, um, and then people don't know you get another bond hearing, so you raise my bond to one hundred twenty thousand um, dollars. I end up hustling the money I got out. You know, I only, only had to pay twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You know, so I get back. You know, I pack all my house up. You know, get all my affairs in order. Pack all my grandmother's stuff up. You know, say this, say this last. You know, goodbyes, right? And I never forget it because it's so, it's so in depth in my brain. Though it was the final car ride to the airport with my brothers, right? And we jamming. We trying to have a good time, positive. Like, man, I'm gonna be home soon. Don't even worry about it, right? I look back, man, at crying. My little eight year other bro in tears, man. I never I never had another sense of motivation to get home. I don't think if I never would have looked back and seen him cry out. A lot of people, you know, everybody here, right, now audience, you get up and you go to work for someone else. Like it's your kids, your mom, your dad, like that's your motivation, mm-hmm. you know. And me seeing those kids cry in the backseat, especially my youngest brother just crying and he was trying to keep his composure and his eyes turning red, it's like it gave me a sense of energy just to Get home, right. you know, especially with the lawyer not reading the case. 
you know, because people depending on me. It's not like you get out and it's my own freedom. Right. It's like I need freedom to get back to them too because if not, they ain't got no family, you know. So I end up going to prison. You know, they send me to a maximum security prison. And I'm looking, I'm looking at out this window. And at, and at that time, you know, let me back up a little bit because this is important information. Mm-hmm. I, I fired the lawyer that I got, you know. So the lawyer that didn't read my case, I fired him. Um, and then I hired a new lawyer. And, I, and, and shout out to my partners, man. They were so generous. Someone lent me $30,000. Right. I was like, man, go fight, man. So That's real right there. Real, though, real. Yeah, real. Some, some things ain't going to do that. Some things ain't doing it. And yeah. people was looking out for the bomb. And I was a good person in the street. So, you know, it, 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 when the time that I needed, it came back to me, right? Right, right. Um, so I hired this lawyer out of Topeka. And, and I'll never forget it. His name was Christopher Joseph. This dude was a, a real bulldog out there. And he was like, man, look at all these cases. Look at all these cases that I, I represented, my firm represented. This dude had 50 pounds. This, poor, this dude had 60 pounds. This dude had 70 pounds. This dude had 120 pounds. All these people got probation. This is in Kansas. Mm-hmm. You know, 95% of people get probation. 5% go to prison. The 5% that go to prison is black. Like, this is just the honest truth. Right. Don't, don't miss that. Don't, I don't want y'all to miss that. He just ran down them, those statistics. And everybody who, who had got caught with even more weight than you got probation. And the five percent was all black people. Mm-hmm. The five percent was all black people. They were sending one person a year out of the state of Kansas to prison every year. With my criminal history, I didn't have no criminal history. I never been in trouble before ever. That's another important thing I want yeah. everybody to know is you know he, he didn't have any other criminal history before that. You know, so you know this is his first conviction, even his first crime, and this is what he was given. So like everybody that's hustling and ain't ran into the law, you got to be aware though, because like. They do got like these mandatory minimums. They do got these counties where they gonna buy by the law, regardless if you got one pound or an eighth. You know, right. shout out to Kevin Allen just real quick. Kevin Allen is serving life and sentence for twenty dollars worth of marijuana in the state of Louisiana. You know, so that, that that's that's a very important as well. You know, um, give them some information on that. I know you got that yeah. available with your with, with with your brand that we'll get into next. But yeah, if they can if they can help support Kevin Allen and his. His cause right now, Can you? is there a website they can go to or anything? Yeah, what I would recommend people to do is just um, look up the Marshall Project, look up the Last Prisoner Project, man, and sign a petition to the governor, uh, D.A. Marvin Schuler, uh, D.A. Marvin Schuler, call his office. Um, you can find it on Google and just let him know we demand change, man. He does not deserve to serve life for a joint, you know. Damn. He's serving life for $20 worth of marijuana, you know. I'm just sitting here like... Trying to process this whole shit, bro. Yeah, and, and listen, let me let me make it like, even deeper, deeper like I had for you, right? Get deep. deep thought, like listening to you. I've had to really just think, like I was just down at Southern in Louisiana speaking at this uh, um, educational thing, and you know it when I went, it was Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. I was down there, and I mean, they out there selling weed on the street like it's legal, and you still got somebody like this brother locked up for life over what? Right. And right now at this time in Louisiana, not only that, Southern University where I was speaking at has a dispensary on their campus. LSU. Words. LSU has a dispensary on their campus. And shout out to Good That's Day Farm. Crazy. You know, Good Day Farm is That's dope though. Is is a front runner in the South. Um, right. leading shout the way. Shout out Good Day Farm. Shout out Good Day Farm. Yeah, hey, they 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 partner with LSU. Um, a group of a group of guys, man, um part of the Walmart branch, man, um Private, private pay, and Andy Solani, um, and and uh, Stephen LaFrance out there, uh, great guys, man. They literally, when I when I sat at the table with them before I get back into the story, they said before we started this company, we read the history of Jazz Museum of Louisiana, you know, and, and Harry Anslinger, and, and and those key points, man. And these are a group of guys that don't even look like me, but they studied the history and they knew how much it affected black America. And these guys want to do literally anything to help and shed awareness to their stories. These are the same guys that pay so much money to lobby to make it legal in these Southern States. Mm. They feel like the same energy needs to be put in on lobbying and getting these, these guys out, Facts. you know, in prison. So, you know, shout out to them. Um, Definitely shout out good day for yeah. mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, back to the story. Uh, I go to the sins and day. We find out these, these crazy statistics, about how 5% of people uh, that are black go to prison. Right. Um, great lawyer. Um, he was like, he, either way it go, you know, I, I ended up getting a lawyer. Shout out to Brandon Cooks uh, for the Houston Texans, uh, first round receiver, man. Uh, 
he wrote a fantastic letter for me at the time. He was playing for the New England Patriots, which was one of the judges' judges' favorite team. He loved Tom Brady. Um, he wrote me a letter to try to get me out of prison. Uh, the mayor of Stockton, California, he, he she looked out, Ann Johnston, mm-hmm. um, at the time. And, uh, yeah, he just sent me to prison. He was just like, man, you you look like you're a great individual, but you can't come into our state and and use a gateway drug like cannabis and uh, think you can get away with it, sir. Uh, I sent you to controlling term of 96 months in prison um, and uh, and with good time. And, and a lot of places got a lot of good time where mm-hmm. you can get out early, but you got to serve 85% of your time. You know, so on, on an eight-year sentence, you got to serve about seven. Right. You know, so um, at that time, it was just so crazy, especially a level two felony. You, it's not like you can go in there and take some classes and get a shortened sentence. You know, you have to serve everything, you know. Um, and then I get to prison, um, and I see, you know, I'm looking through the window, and mm-hmm. I see these OGs, man. I, and I never forget it, man. I see these OGs with these legal pads and these law books. And I'm like, what is they fighting for? Right. You know, like, where y'all going? It was like, man, we going to the law library. And I'm like, I'm like, man, how I get on a call out? I tell the CEO at dinner time, like, man, I'm trying to get on a call out. Right. I was like, you got to be in here a week, but next week you can go. Uh, and I get out, and I see all these people in here consistently fighting to go home. You know, I don't know if they committed the crime or not, but they was just so consistent. They was writing motions. They was writing letters. They was, like, trying to do everything they can to convince that they had them in there wrongfully incarcerated. Let me ask you, so mm-hmm. you, when you got there, that's what the first thing that was on your mind when you got there? Like, I need to do this? When you, like, when you saw, when you got there, you saw your OGs, you saw how they was rocking. Yeah. It, did that automatically be like, you know what? I need to be on that now. You know what's crazy? I wasn't, you know, my mind was so fucked up. Like, I was just wondering, like, I was trying to peep the vibe out, you know, being right. in prison. I'm like, man, what's going on? Like, Cause, I mean, this is your first time, I mean, yeah, going, first time doing any camp. time, period. Yeah, doing, I don't know, I need a knife. What I need <laughs> yeah, right, right. First time doing any time, period. First time, like, yeah. it's just. And, and you're from Cali. You're not even from out there. I'm not, right. and that's the thing. Like, I don't know how people operate. I don't know how people program. I'm in Kansas, you know. Um, ain't that many black people. And, and, uh, and a lot of people, you see a lot of. You know, people with Yahtzee tattoos. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just a different vibe. But I happened to just peek out the window just to see what was going on. There was some chaos going on in the cell house. And I just see these people walking by going to an 830 call out. And then just going to the law library. So it was just like, I'm going to get down there. So I ended up getting down there. Man, I talked to this, you know, one of these inmates, uh, Mr. Anderson. And he was like, yeah, we, you know, they had gave me with an armed robbery. But, like. I ain't even robbed nobody. Like, they was just picking on me the whole time. And, you know, I'm about to file this motion called habeas corpus motion. Um, and we all filing habeas corpus motion. And people who don't know what a habeas corpus motion is, you could challenge the state and say they got you incarcerated unconstitutionally. Mm. You know, you could basically say, like, um, even though y'all sentenced me to prison, y'all still wrong. Y'all ain't had no evidence. You know, um, so with that motivation, I ended up getting sent to another prison, which was a lower camp, you know, a minimum camp after I, I got my evaluation done. Mm-hmm. And I just went in there studying law. Like, they got a computer called LexisNexis where you can study all possession with intent to distribute. All, all the, everybody cases. Everybody case. And an update. And an yep. update. You know, yep. so like when, it, when when a court of appeals lay down. Oh, hold on, let me, let, me, let, me, let me, I'm glad you said that too. Yeah. So, you know, it, Anything y'all on them streets want to look up, man. You know, if you got a computer, you can punch them keys, man. <laughs> if you want to find out if Ray Ray Taylor, man, Lexus Nexus, man. Always go show you too. All you got to do is punch <laughs> it in, man. You ain't heard it from me, though. Yeah. You ain't heard it from me, though. Hey, and they they, they laying out all the names. It's public information. You can't hide for not. You it's can't public hide information. For you know, you look at State versus Westmoreland, everything going to pop up, you know. But, um, you know, what's crazy Um you know, just looking at OGs, looking at their passion, looking at their consistently, uh, them getting up all the day, and me getting into that new prison. Um, I just went in there, I studied law. Some of the books was outdated, but I'm like, man, let me just start reading, you know. And st- like, like a lot of that stuff is like Chinese. Like, I been, like I'm reading stuff, I'm reading emotions, I'm reading case law, and, I'm, and, they, and they got a different lingo. So I'll just start reading, man. I probably read my case a hundred times. I probably read every, every case law in there. Um, 
And I just start writing a motion, man. And I knew if I wanted to write a motion that was, and I would call this lawyer every day. I gave you thirty thousand dollars. I'm gonna call you. Yeah, right. So I'm, I'm, I'm what you having for breakfast? What, what you doing? What you doing? Huh? You, you kids doing? Soccer game? Yeah, I'm sending flowers. To, I'm sending flowers to the, uh, the law firm. Like, man, hopefully this give you out a little faster. You know what I mean? Edible, flowers, ed- edible arrangements. Yeah. Edible arrangements. You know? Okay. Cool. Yeah, good. And he had five offices, so it got a little expensive at first. I didn't know which one he was at, right? <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, um, he was working. He had did my appeal case, um, and I had some I had some faith in that. And I was just reading, and and at the time I was just reading. You know, as I was writing my own motion, I was reading just to send him information to have a stronger uh, case on appeal. Right. You know, because I was I was alleging insufficient evidence um, against me, um, and you know, and a lot of lawyers, even though he was a great lawyer, he probably was a busy lawyer. A lot of lawyers, you know, they'll pawn it off to a paralegal or they'll pawn it off to a, to 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 an assistant attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, you think you're hiring the right guy. Um, but you got to make sure I want the audience to know, like, you got to make sure if you give money to a lawyer, the lawyer's writing it, you know, especially if you got that good, good lawyer. Facts. You know, um, we end up losing, though, with him. You know, we end up losing in the court of appeals with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told me, he was like, Dante, I done everything I can. You ain't got no relief anymore. Like, I was like, man, can you file an ineffective counsel? Can you file a habeas for me? Like, can you get me? You know, and it was just like, nah, man, like, you're going to waste your time. By the time we do all that, it's going to be time for you to go home. You know, because it take two, three years to even hear back from the court of appeals or, or hear back from 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 the prosecutor, because right. they got so many continuance. That's how they do you. You file something, and then it'll just continue all the way out. And then by that time, you about six months out from your sentence. Damn. You know what I mean? But if I would have took that no, I wouldn't be here today. Like That's what I was just right, about right. to say. That's what I was just about to say. Yeah. So it. You know, my outdate 2025. I'm stunned. I ain't supposed to be on this podcast yeah. right now. You know what I mean? Right. You know what I mean? Crazy. That's facts, man. Facts. That's but a blessing. That's a blessing. blessing, man. And uh, just being just being around, you know, just finding that consistency, just to just to just to do the law, do the work, do the research, um, and write that and write that information. And then I also, when one of the things that help me too, as I'm writing the motion and I lose, you know, I go in and I write. <clears throat> I look up all the state representatives in the state of Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, and there's 40 senators, right? And I just write them all, you know, I just, I, I saved up my money on canteen. I was a barber in the prison. I used to be like, man, I'll cut you up for five stamps. Like, you know, so I'm in there, I'm cutting hair for five stamps. I'm, I'm, I'm collecting all the stamps, 165 stamps, a bunch of envelopes. And I end up, I end up throwing them out there, right? I throw up 165. Fishing. I'm fishing, right? I just want, I want, I want to know, man, if you believe the time fit the crime, you know, um, if you believe the time don't fit the crime, support me. You right. know, um, and four people wrote me back. Word. You know, and and this is crazy. And one person, a Republican named Willie Dub, at a um, at Leavenworth, Kansas, um, which I was I was locked up in Leavenworth. Um, I had moved another prison after I I got in trouble with Leavenworth, the Leavenworth area. Uh, but he came and seen me. He was like, he was like, man, Dante, like I never knew. And this is crazy, man. How legislators? He was like, I mm-hmm. never knew people was sitting in prison. For the amount of time you got right now for this little bit amount of marijuana. Yeah. And I'm making laws about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm I'm having meetings with the with the criminal justice committee, the judiciary committee. And I they didn't about know. to let that big money come in. Yeah, so they still pulled up on me at the prison, shut the whole prison down. The warden wanna know what he's talking about. She thinking I'm playing with her funding. You know what I mean? But <laughs> but they didn't even know. I just sent the letter out asking for support. And he he looked me in the eye, he seen me, it was the middle of COVID, and he was like, I never knew how much felony affected black America. I mean, he was like, Man, I never knew and I'm black. Like I never knew like it was just a little bit of you guys in prison with no record. You know, so he was like, I I live right by the I live right by the governor. I mean I, my office is right by the governor's and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to let her know. Go file for a clemency. And as I learned about clemency, I'm like, okay. When you file a clemency, you can ask the governor to, to reduce your sentence because you got a crazy, crazy sentence, right? right? You know, you can kind of petition for it. So I get a letter from the warden. I get the letters from the legislators, you know. And shout out to Karen Bass. I hope she wins the mayor of L.A. because she is a GOAT. You know, the, the Karen Bass, Congresswoman Karen Bass. Mm-hmm. She's a fantastic human. She called that prison seven times until that woman picked up. She mm-hmm. called. She called the warden. She called uh, the governor of L.A. I mean the gov- I mean the governor of Kansas. My bad. The governor of Kansas, Lori Kelly, and she got her on the phone. She said, "I don't know what y'all got going on there, but he doesn't deserve to uh, sit in prison that long." 
Um, and she was advocating for me on, on a tremendous level. And uh, shout out to your dispensary, man. I know you got a winter circle genetics out there. Winter Vi- circle genetics. genetics. Yeah, yeah. There goes Dre. Just wanted to get in the shot again. <laughs> shout out Dre. Yeah. Well, um, filed the clemency. Yeah, I filed the clemency mm-hmm. and I filed a motion. So I got I got both names in the hat. I'm like, man, if, go- if the governor don't come get me, which I think she w- was, is. When when the, when the legislators came and see me, it was like they put me on the front page of the Kansas City Star. Right. Um, and, and a lot of people was battling for me. Like they thought that if clemency exists, it had to exist with a person like me. You know, a person with a pound of weed, no criminal record, got support from the warden. Right. A pound and, of weed. And I was going out yeah, there. One pound, bro. One pound. We're, talk, like, we're talking about one pound. Let's, yeah. One, one pound. pound. Yeah. He got on the stand and said he was going to buy one pound, though. Crazy. But what was crazy as uh, the warden at the prison was like, man, your story's so inspiring. I want you to go to the high schools and talk to the kids, like the juvenile halls, the high schools, like all around Kansas. Like mm-hmm. we're going to send a guard with you. We're going to send like staff with you. But like you, you the youngest dude in the prison, like you need to go and, and, and drop some jewels on them. So I would go and it'd be, I walk into assembly, you know, and when you were a kid, you got to assemblies, mm-hmm. it'd be 360 kids in here. I'm shackled nervous. up. They bring you shackled up to the school. They was trying to like sometimes they bring me in there. It depends what officer I had. One time right. I was in there shackled up. Next time they was like, man, we'll just put the cuffs in the car. You, right, know, right. I mean? you know what I mean? It depends who it was. Some people are just really like take their job super serious. And some is just like, uh-uh, we ain't getting no runaway. You're going to put these shackles on as soon as you get up out of here, right? Mm-hmm. I talked about four schools and uh, man, some of the kids was crying, man. It was like they pull up on me like, I had a quarter pound. My daddy got a quarter pound. And they're telling like, man, my daddy smoked. Like, we from Kansas, Kansas City, Kansas City, Kansas, man. We, yeah, yeah like, and, and I go to the juvenile hall. They they getting caught with weed and getting diversions and, yeah. and all that because they got money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it was just so crazy. But talking to those kids was so inspiring, man. And it was so crazy that teachers start writing letters to the prison. You know, like, we want this guy home. We support right. his release, you know. Um, and then they cut me off because they said I was a security threat because they was like, man, you influencing too much. Like, you can't be out there speaking to all these kids and, and people might try to be trying to break you out, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was just being extra. Yeah. He'll be doing something positive. They're still trying to hold you down. Yeah, but, right. but it worked out because all them letters and all them speaking engagements just gave me that influence for that clemency. You know, I was like, man, just send them to the governor. Send them to the governor. Mm. Let her know I'm coming home, right? And then, you know, I ended up catching COVID in prison, man. And my homeboy, he, he was in there on a cannabis fa- offense. He died on COVID. It's like he was on death row with COVID, man. So, you know, got real, real bad. We was like the second-ranked prison on COVID. Uh, and, and it got real bad. National Guard pulled up. Uh, and, it, and it got ugly, right? But mm-hmm. the crazy part about it was, uh, we, you know, we got through that. And then it, it had lightened up a little bit. And then 5.30 in the morning came. And this OG Lord, he was like 65 years old. Mm-hmm. He pulled up to the prison in his briefcase, old beard. I come, I'm like, who was you? He was like, man, that motion you sent in, I just received it. And the, and the court appointed me. I didn't even get no letter from no court. How are you my lawyer? I don't even know right. who you is. Like, right. He was like, man, he was like, man, for real. He looked me in the face. He was like, he was like, man, that, that the motion you wrote was probably one of the best motions I ever seen an inmate write. Like, I know it took you a while to write this. Mm-hmm. And, and shout out to Richard Nair of Wichita, Kansas, man. He, I got caught. It was so annoying. I called him so many times. Like, man, is this the wording right? Is, is this how you write it? Right, you want to make sure it's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and even even Christopher Joseph, man, it was like, man, you, this is how you get it. It's how you format it. They was giving, sending me examples and stuff. And I had sent it in. And, and when, I, when I was talking to the lawyer that came and see me, the public defender, he was like, man, let me, let me put my law degree on it. But you got a shot. Like, and then I found out that the dude that they put on stand uh, had a bunch of drugs in his house. Mm. You know what I mean? They had he had like oxycodone and a bunch of random stuff up in there. And that was the dude who told on you. That's the dude that told on me. The dude I was yeah. going to see the shower wet, right? Yeah. And uh, they had a bunch of stuff in the house, and you know they didn't even charge him for it. You know he was scots free. You know what I mean? Um, and I wonder why. Right. You know what I mean? I wonder why what happened. Because he told on you. Because he told on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what the crazy part is, he never. They, the, the lawyer didn't even bring that up. And the lawyer never read up. the case. The lawyer never read the case. He could have brought that up. He could have brought that up because he could have attacked the credibility not a credible of a witness. She's not a credible witness. You know, he had. A, he was incentivized to tell at that. You right. Know? Uh, super foul. Super foul. So the jury was supposed to know that he had that stuff in the house, and the and the DA cut him a deal in order to testify. But. Mm. My lawyer never had a chance. Yeah, my lawyer never had a chance to investigate the case and investigate the witnesses. So that's how 
that's how like you know i had to sit in prison for that three years you know right. i was in there about three and a half years uh, before i found it out but you know the lawyer goes in there he takes it back he goes applied he was a prosecutor for 30 years this was the second time being a public defender um and he talking and negotiating with the da um and i'm just sitting one day mm -hmm. and someone knocks on my cell door and it was like hey your conviction has been overturned you know um i never go see it because covid like it wasn't even having Can't no hearings. Court. right but the but the da i mean the public defender was so cold chris biggs he was like uh he sent me a letter and he was like yeah you you out you know like you got conviction overturned sentence vacated you back on the you back on the uh, the jury docket you know what i mean so right. i don't believe it i'm like i believe in when the gates pop right? right the next day the guard bang on my door like pack up your bags you won your habeas corpus motion and I didn't even go to I didn't even go to no judge or nothing. I didn't even go to no court or just came and just told you that. So then I get up, I get out, man. Everybody in the, everybody in the prison cheering. You know what I mean? Because it's like, like you got to think about it. People in prison follow these motions all the time. Right. You know what I mean? They follow these motions all the time and lose every lose, time. Just getting denied and denied. To see somebody win is like almost a domino effect. Like, right. oh, if he can do it, I can do it. You know, if I read, he read. You know what I mean? And that just shows you like hard work pays off. Like every day I woke up at five. Every day I woke up at 5.30 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning, went to go get breakfast. 5.30, I was in the law library. I didn't miss a day, right. you know, because I seen my brothers crying in the back seat at night, you know what I mean, vividly, you know. So it was like that motivation had got me uh, over the hump that I didn't think I could get myself over. And I told myself all the time I wouldn't have got out of prison if it wasn't for fighting for them, you know what I mean? Uh, and that's your mentality the whole time you're in there, like, yeah, I got to fight to get out. Yeah, I got to get, I got to somehow get home. And it was only right. Like, I'm only in here for a pound of weed. I'm serving eight years. Like, and then yeah. I'll ask around, like, what you in here for? I'm like, man, I shot four people. I only got six years. I, mean, I got, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah man. I don't that, fit the crime. Right, exactly. People that's that bullshit. Doing, yeah, that's that bullshit. A lot of these people are habitual offenders, and this was my first offense. So it really it really threw me for a loop. But I'm, I'm you know, I'm out of prison. Uh, end up going to see the judge. Mm -hmm. You know, I get another bond. I'm out. I'm free. And made me stay in Kansas. Man, craps to that. Yeah. So, um, when we started the episode, you know, like I told everybody, you know, the important thing I wanted everybody to get out of this was the the negative that turned into a positive. So, Facts. you know, um, you're, you're free, you get out and, yeah. you know, let everybody know what happens with you taking off and, and having a cannabis brand in, in Kansas uh, yeah. and, you know, being in over 100 stores. And not only that, man, but how you're to that, man. And, uh, That's dope. How you're working with the Last Prisoner Project, yeah. and just the whole concept of your brand, um, and just how that works. Yeah, just real quick, if I say that. Uh, so uh, yeah. yeah, just when I went to the jury trial, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to retry the case. You know, the DA was tripping. He was like, "Yeah, you you found a loophole, but you're going back to trial for this pound of weed." You know what I mean? So. Yo, we're talking about a pound. Of we weed. talking about like talking after about I get released, though. After I get released, they wanted me to go back to jury trial. After literally. the sentence is vacated. They after the sentence, after the sentence trial. is vacated, like this is real. Like this wow. is like the closing to it. Like after the sentence is vacated, after I win the case, you it, you didn't beat the charge yet. So they put the trial. So when the, when the habeas corpus, all I all you get is a new jury trial. You know what I mean? So right. they was like, yeah, I'll take this case to trial before I drop it. You know, he either gonna take this felony time served. And this is important for everybody to know, like, they offer me felony time served. Like, you can go home, you free, take this felony. Mm -hmm. But I remember watching CNN. I had a TV in prison. You see Van Jones. Let, let them, hold on, let, let them know. So, okay, felony time served means, yeah, you still would have that felony on your record. Yeah. They'll let you out. You get that three and a half years. But for doing, you, you did your three and a half years. But when you get out, you'll still have that felony on your mm -hmm. record. Yeah. That's what felony time served means. Yeah, you'll be a felon. You still had a possession with the intent to distribute. You still can't own a gun. You still can't vote. It's right. going to be hard for you to get housing, you know, et cetera. Like, so I'm like, I'm going to go back to jury trial. You know, and this is when I meet Last Prisoner Project. You mm -hmm. know, they was like, man, we'll we give you, we give you, we'll hire you the best lawyer. And I'm like, nah, it's cool because the public defender got me out. I think the public defender could get me off, right? Um, and then, you know, I, I'm, I'm talking with him. He was like, listen, Dante, I've been doing this for of so many years. Uh, you're not going to get no better deal. It, this is the best it gets. People that look like you, I mean, this is the best it gets. Right. Like, to be honest. Like, take that felony. Like, take the felony. It's... I can't negotiate nothing any better, right? And the DA said, before I drop it to a misdemeanor, because that's what I asked for, mm -hmm. right? He will retry the case in front of national media. And that's when I had CNN calling, everybody calling, um, 
about the uh, about what was going on. Fox News, Karen, Karen Bass, Corey. I mean, all these all these top legislators. And uh, I was like, Nah, I'm not gonna take it, man. I'm just gonna go to jury trial, man. Um, and the DA wanted to know why. He was like, Man, he denied my plea. He denied freedom. And I was like, Chris, it ain't freedom. Like when you, when I when I was telling him, like I seen Van Jones. It was like, Man, a felony is a new word of them calling you the N word. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm not gonna take that. And he wanted to talk to me on the phone. Especially for a crime I didn't even commit. Right. At that. You know I, mean? I didn't even commit the crime. At, at that, right. <laughs> so I'm like, let me talk to him then. So we talk to him, and I tell him, like, man, I ain't going to be able to get no housing. You know, Mr. Wilkerson, I ain't going to get no housing. I'm not going to get no, you know, I can't vote. You know, I, I, it, it's just it's going to set me back so much economically. And he told me this. I never forget the words. He was like, man, I never knew how much a felony affected black America. You know, good point. I'll call you back in a couple of weeks. He called me back in 10 minutes, man. He dismissed the case entirely. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. off the conversation. And, and it's important, and I think this is why, like, a lot of racism stuff goes on, too. It's like, it's a gap. Like, nobody ever that looked like me ever talked to him because the area he grew up in, yeah. and no one ever, n- none of us ever lived in it. Right. So, like, as he grew up, as he got older, like, he never had communication with someone else that looked like him. Mm-hmm. You know, he went to college. All his friends was the same people that looked like him. Right. So when he finally had that conversation and he found that, it was real sincere reasoning behind I wouldn't take it, and the conversation wasn't hostile. Like, yeah. forget you. Then it worked out. It worked out for. You hadn't good. seen that mentality before. Hadn't seen that mentality. Hadn't seen that mentality before. Yeah, and then as I get dismissed, that's when the cannabis brand just kicks up. You know, what I mean, I meet uh, a guy by name Nate Ruby. Uh, Alyssa, shout out to Nate. Yeah, shout out to Nate Ruby, man. Alyssa Gordon. He actually knew the dude that told on me. Uh, right, they all went to KU together. Ain't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? Right, crazy. Twenty seven years. Do the dude <laughs> snitched on He do the dude. Twenty seven year old mogul. Dude's a genius, man. He owns five dispensaries. Called From the Earth in the state of Missouri. What's the name of the dispensaries? Uh, from the Earth. Shout out From the Earth, man. From, from mm-hmm. the Earth. Definitely coming to visit. Adam Diltz, Alyssa Gardens. Definitely. Yeah, Alyssa Gardens. Um, got one of the biggest grows in, in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, manufacturing facility, full vertical. Um, I didn't have nowhere to go, man. The dude didn't even know me. He just read a few news articles. Uh, I took a leap of faith and went to go meet him up in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, you can come sleep on my couch, man. Here, it's good. Like, come come learn the cannabis game. Like, you so close to Kansas where it's illegal and Missouri is medically legal. Right. Nigga, come learn this game, man. Come to all the... He took me to all the big meetings. I was the only black guy in all these big financial meetings. And he would tag me along, you know, and was like, man, even if you don't understand it, nigga, just just soak up the game like a sponge. Right. You know what I mean? And that motivated me with starting a cannabis brand called West, you know, by Dante West. Nice. You know, um, a year later, I stayed down, did community outreach, bought a bunch of backpacks for the schools, mm-hmm. did something with Children's Mercy Hospital. Um, and just really like where I came from, like I grew up in the hood. So uh, just going out there and going to other hoods and figuring out how I can help, you know, help help those kids out, you know, and, and, and uh, make sure they was good, you know. So me and him was just a tremendous, tremendous life changer and a culture shift, man. Right. A guy could write the hell out of application. And uh, that's what brought you here today. And, and, and a lot of people uh, that don't know, like, you can't even, you get out of prison and you got a felony, you can't even apply for a license. Right. In some states. Some, some states, some states, some states right? So, that's crazy. So crazy. But, yeah, I started a brand with him, uh, West by Dante West, you know, a, a packaging labeling deal, a three-year deal, you know, uh, with a two-year option. Um, so tell them, you know, what's, what what I really liked and was, you know, was interesting to me about your brand and your concept is tell them how you give back and, and tell them how part of the proceeds go to uh, people that's uh, still locked up right now. Yeah. So what inspired me was like I didn't have nobody putting nothing on my books. Right. right. Phone time is like five dollars for 15 minutes. Soup is almost a dollar. I mean, the inflation is high in prison. So every time someone buy my product in the state of Missouri and, you know, I'm blessed to be in 84 stoves so far going, going on a hundred. Um, um, yeah. And, and, and the deal is crazy. I was telling son about the deal, man. My deal is, my deal is great. Uh, he really blessed me with it and gave me a model. Mm-hmm. But every time you buy this product, it goes to debit phone time, hygiene items, um, video visitation, um, you know, a commissary so people can eat. Right. You know, and those are the little things that go a long way with me. Like when I got a good nacho bowl at the end of the night, they help that day go by a little quicker. I go hoop and eat a nacho bowl the day over because I'm just counting down the days. I'm counting down the calendars on when my release date is. Right. You know, as I'm working and I feel for those people. And I talk about I talk to them people at a prison all the time. And it's state Pacific though. So as I come to another state, 
that state will do it. You know what I mean? So Missouri, it go to Missouri prisoner first, and then it go to the neighboring states like Kansas, Oklahoma, right. Denver, all around there. Then, and the same with Louisiana, it'll go to the state people. And I want the people, this is key for me, I want the people to feel the people. Right. As you walk up in the store, you a voter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You walk up in that store, you, 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 can, you can make a change before you even know and sign a petition, write a letter to a prisoner. Let them know that you, the same stuff you buying the stuff for is the same people that's incarcerated for, like Kevin. You know, so right. educating the public to make a change is super important to me. Facts. Yeah. That's good shit. Yeah, I like too that, you know, you can duplicate that model in every state. So not only are you taking it to where you were affected, but you're going to be taking it to other states too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really commend pace. you for that. Yeah. yeah, I really commend you for that, man. Um, let them know where they can... Um, uh, is there a website or the Instagram page for your brand? And is there any dispensaries that you want to say your product is available at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go to um, Sway. I have so many dispensaries, but I keep you updated on my story. You can just go on my personal page, Dante West, D-O-N-T-E-W-E-S-T, on all social media platforms, Instagram, and, and, and I keep people updated as much as I can. Um, and, yeah, you can you can literally you can go on AlyssaGardens.com and look at all the stores uh, that I'm in, uh, DanteWest.com. You can you can you can see all the stuff I'm in as well. So you just you'll learn more about a bunch of prisoners, and, and you'll learn about you know my story, my journey, how how I, how, I, how I got there, you know. And uh, before I ended up, man, it was so crazy. Uh, about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I applied in the state of New Jersey, right? And this is the icing on the cake for everybody. Uh, my bunkie that well, I was before you give him that nugget. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Let them know about the last prisoner project. <laughs> yeah, you spoke on it briefly, but just let, educate yeah. everybody and educate our subscribers. You know, again, you know, uh, hit the page Smoke with Me uh, podcast on IG. Uh, subscribe, click the link to subscribe. Mm-hmm. But um, let them know about um, the last prisoner project because um, we're definitely going to be doing, and we haven't even t- told them yet about what we're going to be doing in Cali with the last prisoner project. But let them know about the last prisoner project. Yeah, no, the last prisoner project uh, is a, a nonprofit organization uh, founded by Steve D'Angelo, which was like a, a mentor of mine, you know. Um, uh, and he's a great dude, you know. He kind of gave me some education that people don't know. He owned Harborside. Harborside was like the first dispensary in the United States. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he was right. He lived in Oakland. When I got out of prison, I moved to Oakland. Um, and I was just picking at his brain, and he just gave me so much knowledge, sent so much, so much game. Like, this is what I would have did if it, if if it wasn't 2006. Right. And it, and it's it's 2006. A lot of places right now. You know, you think about New York, you think about New Jersey, you think about all these East Coast states. Like, yeah. this is the new beginning. You know, so taking that knowledge from him. But yeah, the organization, man. You can go on that website. They got so they got a, a bunch of prisoners that's in prison. Um, I do a lot of work for him as far as like strategic help on trying to get each individual out. Um, so it, it's, it's just a great organization, man. You could take action, uh, write a governor, sign a petition, um, make a phone call. Even if you got no money, man, you could just make a phone call and help, man. There's, there's a great lawyer. Sarah Gerson is the executive director. Nice. Uh, fantastic individual, man. These people are elite, man. A bunch of Ivy League school lawyers, man. And they really care about getting people out. So, uh, shout out to them. Shout out to everything that got going on, and uh, I hope I hope they keep the ball moving forward. No doubt, man. I, cool. yeah, we appreciate you coming on, bro. Because uh, let them know about New Jersey too, man. I, yeah. I don't want to cut oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we forgot about that. Hey, Let's so cherry on New top Jersey. to the whole end of the it's, story. It's the cherry on stop, man. And it's crazy, man. It's like it's, it keeps still getting better, right? Mm-hmm. So my bunkie in my first prison, his name is Kyle Page, right? In my bunkie, we busting down spreads, doing workouts together. Only one of the only black people that was on a prison yard in my dormitory mm-hmm. um, had a good bone. He was my bunkie, my Wally, right? Um, you know, I get out. He was on there for a weed charge too. He had like 30, 40 pounds or something like that, hella cash. And uh, I was like, man, we're going to get out one day, man. And we, we'd be looking at the news like, man, look at that state legal. I mean, look at Missouri coming legal. Like, look at this dispensary selling out. Like, mm-hmm. we'd just be, we'd be mind blowing on men's health and seeing all the benefits. Um, and I ended up getting out of prison. Um, and I helped him get out of prison, you know, before his outdate, you know, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. So New Jersey's application process opened up. And I'm like, man, a lot of people are like, man, partner with this person. This, you know, this is going to help you get politically right. Um, right. This is how this going to get a yes. I'm like, man, it's only right if I partner with your daddy. You know, let me partner with your pops and see what's going to happen. You know, uh, the worst come to worst, we don't get it. But, right. you know, we're going to put our name in the hat. 
man, about two weeks ago, man, uh, CRC of New Jersey, and shout out to Sherelle Patel, man. She is a fantastic lawyer out there in New Jersey. If people don't know her, man, you got to get to know her. She is a trailblazer. She works harder than anybody I ever seen, yeah. right? Um, and Hassan Nora too. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sh- shout out, shout out her, Sherelle. Uh, man, she's a G. And uh, you know, two weeks ago, uh, nigga, I applied, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't even know what's gonna happen, man. They called my name for a retail st- uh, retail storefront, man, in New Jersey, man, in Jersey City, New Jersey. Congratulations, crazy. Yeah, and congratulations. I partnered with my, you know, and I partnered with my bunkie, with my bunkie in the pen. He was locked hard. up in Kansas, but he was from New Jersey. Yeah. So it's like, damn, like when when I think it's over with, man, the the plant keep blessing me. Yep. You know, what I mean, I tell people all the time, and it's crazy. I be thinking literally, man, the mustard seed was a cannabis seed, bro, that guy put down, bro. Y'all think I'm crazy, but for real, for real, I was telling Sam that, like, it's crazy. So it's a blessing, man, to continue life. And that's what it's about, man. People that look like us getting wealth in it because you got all these MSOs and you look at the executive team, nobody look like us, right? Nobody. So how do we become owners and how do we get good good money, man? Right. And, and how do we become successful in what we do, especially when we sit back and we look at the history of slavery and all these people that's locked up in the pen, man? It's just it's almost disrespectful that if we don't get a piece of the pie, make the make the plan feel equal out there. Facts. It's, it's definitely another thing I want to point out too before we wrap, man. Um, is that you know, um, like I said, you took your story; it was negative. You turned it into positive. But one thing I want to point out and point out to everybody listening to is, you know, you're able to make passive income off of cannabis now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's what you've been able to do. Yeah. You've been able to make passive income off off of cannabis, man. And, you know, that's a topic that, you know, um, I'm definitely going to speak on a little bit more. You know, we're cooking something up. You know what I mean? I'm dropping the jewel right now. We're gonna, I'm going to update you on, on the Smoke With Me show page and, and that. But uh, me and Jose guy, we're cooking up something on that, uh, making passive income in cannabis, man. So look nice. forward to it, man. Believe that. Believe that. You know what I mean? I, mean, I appreciate you coming through, man. Um Again, we appreciate your story, telling your journey, where you're coming from, and where you're headed. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the people definitely need to hear that. Man, appreciate y'all. I mean, talk. shout out to ATL, Winter Circle Genetics, man. Both y'all legends right here. This podcast is going to go all the way up. So I appreciate y'all continuing to drop in jewels, man, and, and squeezing me in. I know, no doubt. Like how you said, the waiting list is long, but <laughs> y'all did that for me, man. So yeah, I appreciate man, you. you. Salute to you, Kings, man. You, Salute to you, Kings, man, for sure. Nice. I mean, yeah, your story was uh, one I think is going to really uh, hit home with our with our subscribers and our followers, man. Yep. You know, it's something that, um, you know, is is uh, why we're doing this show, is to shed light on situations just like yours, man. Man, anybody out there, you better come smoke with them. That's for sure. <laughs> believe that. <laughs> believe that. And you know what it is, man. It's episode 10, Jose. 10, Dre. 10. Yeah, he just wanted to visit. He just wanted his voice in the audio. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing. I'm just playing. You know what it is. Smoke with me show. Episode 10. We out. Let's get it. <laughs>